Hi, everyone. I am Seven Investing founder and CEO Simon Erickson here at Seven Investing. Our mission is to empower you to invest in your future. We do that by providing our seven favorite stock market opportunities every month, but also free educational content such as this podcast. I'm joined by my fellow Seven Investing lead advisor, Matt Cochran. Uh, Matt, today is, to introduce the show, an important day. Today is actually August the 15th that we are taping this which is India's Independence Day. And we have a special podcast planned today. Could you talk a little bit about what we'll be discussing on today's show? Uh, You're absolutely right, Simon. Uh, Listeners, as some of you might know from following us on Twitter, uh, India's growing economy and middle class is an area of interest for both Simon and me. Uh, You know, as as U.S.-China relations uh, grow increasingly tense, investors are left with fewer choices to invest in stock markets and economies with relatively robust GDP growth and a relatively stable political environment. Uh, this search has, has led Simon and I both to look at India as a possible place for more of our investment dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to Matt and I sharing our thoughts about India, we think that it'd be even more valuable to bring in the, some, to some perspectives from some other Indian investors as well. And so we've got three guests for today's show who will also be sharing what they view as the biggest opportunities and risks within the country. Yeah, and I can't wait to, to hear the presentations. Uh, later in the show, we'll be joined by Ramnik Kundra, who can be found on Twitter at I-R-A-M-N-E-E-K, and Saket Reddy, who's also on Twitter at Saket Reddy, S-A-K-E-T-R-E-D-D-Y. But joining us first to give us a broad overview of India's economic and political structure. Before diving into his favorite India stock idea is Deval Koteka. His Twitter handle is at Deval underscore Koteka. That's D-H-A-V-A-L underscore Koteka, K-O-T-E-C-H-A. And I apologize, Deval, if I mispronounced your last name. And listeners, if you're on Twitter, all of today's guest Twitter handles will be included in the show notes and our site's article accompanying uh, this episode. And all three are must follows. Uh, Deval is an IT engineer and long-term investor currently residing in Florida. Hey, it's nice to be here. I really appreciate you spending the time with Seven Investing. Before we start talking about India specifically, could you start us off by just kind of talking about your background and, and what you kind of think of as your personal investing style? Yeah, so um, uh, for me, like I am uh, coming from an IT background. Um, I was born and brought up in India, and I moved to the U.S. in uh, 2013, and I have been living in Florida since then. And uh, I work for a company which is a DSP uh, in ad tech. Uh, people might have heard about the trade desk. And I kind of work in the same space as what the trade desk does. I help my company build the real-time bidding engine. But um, I am also uh, a big fan of uh, Seven Investing. And, um, and, and my um, thought process is uh, to, to invest for the long term. Uh, pick the best companies uh, which have secular tailwinds and keep holding them for uh, decades. Well, Deval, we just basically want to give you the floor. Uh, you prepared a fantastic presentation for us. So uh, listeners, you're in for a special treat. Deval, go ahead and take it away. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check out the video on YouTube so you can see uh, some of the slides Deval is going to take us through. All right. Um, 
So I'm going to talk about investing in India. I'm going to give uh, a perspective on the Indian market overall and uh, talk about the growth avenues um, in uh, certain spaces in India and then talk about my uh, favorite idea uh, on investing in India. So before I get started, uh, I will talk about the India's demographics. Uh, India has 28 states and uh, eight union territories with a population of 1.38 billion people. Um, right now, there's 50% of the population which is below 25 years of age and 60% of the population is below 35 years of age. Uh, as you can see here, a uh, lot of states and uh, that you can predominantly uh, divide this uh, Indian uh, country into like five major areas, which is the northern part. Uh, this is the western part of India, southern part, eastern part, and the central part. I come from the western part of India, so I ha I have the the perspective from the western side of uh, Indian uh, subcontinent, but. Um, I might be uh, talking about the entire uh, country. So there might be uh, things where I'm, I might not be accurately talking about certain things, but uh, we will we'll kind of go from there. Um, so uh, if we look at India, uh, there's a classification of cities based on the tiers. So the tier one cities, uh, which are the bigger cities, they have uh, better job opportunities, they have better international connectivity and uh, absolutely great healthcare infrastructure and education. Uh, the downsides being of like, there's higher living expenses and more traffic and pollution. Uh, one such city, uh, which I can say is Mumbai, um, where I have lived um, for a lot of uh, time. Um, my, I started my career in Mumbai. Um, the tier two cities are uh, smaller cities than the tier one cities, but they offer like better quality of life and they have moderate living expenses when compared to the tier one cities. They have uh, good infrastructure, healthcare, education, and transportation, but not as good as the tier one. Uh, they have limited or no international connectivity and uh, obviously less job opportunities when compared to the tier one cities. Uh, so tier two cities would comprise of a, a city called Jamnagar. Um, and uh, the tier three cities are the ones which are not falling under tier one and tier two. So the tier three cities are the ones which have poor infrastructure and poor connectivity overall, and people must move to tier two cities or tier one cities uh, for better opportunities because there's not great education or healthcare. So if people need to avail those facilities, then they need to either move uh, to those cities or either uh, go temporarily to, to those cities to get those benefits. Uh, tier three cities have low population densities as compared to the other cities. So uh, that's a city called Viraval. Now, personally, like I was born in a tier three city, uh, spent most of my life in tier two city and then moved to the tier one city for better opportunities. So I have uh, the idea of tier two, tier two, tier three and tier one cities um, on the whole. 
So this is how the transition is. And if I were to compare uh, the US cities uh, to the, the cities in India, then um, like Mumbai would be something similar to the New York City, uh, Jamnagar would be something similar to Jacksonville, Florida, and Veraval would be something like uh, Lake City, Florida, which is not very well known. It's a small town, but still uh, people live there. Um, so uh, I'm going to um, talk about the urbanization and the rising incomes of India. So what's happening here is, uh, 2005, uh, there has been a big shift of uh, people moving from the rural areas to the urban areas. So if you see the trend here, uh, you will see that uh, people are uh, constantly moving from the rural areas to the urban areas and uh, they will continue to do so. So in 2005, the percentage of population per area in the rural areas is, to the, uh, is 28, whereas in 2030 is expected to be, um, sorry, in the urban areas it's 28 and it's expected to be around 40% in uh, 2030. So that's a big shift. Um, the Indian middle class, if I talk about that uh, for a moment, um, we see that the, the Indian economy is projected to grow at a base rate of 7.5% annually to 2013 and majority of the people are moving from the lower income bracket to the upper mid and the lower mid brackets and the higher brackets. So if I were to put in a simple way, um, one of the four households today are in the high income and upper middle income segment, whereas by 2030, we are expecting uh, it to be one in two households and 70 million fewer low household, uh, low income households by 2030 is what we are expecting to be the case in 2030 in India. So talking about the population, um, the age of the population, the median age of the, the India's population, in 2018, the median age was 28. So right now in 2020, it should be somewhere around 28 to 30 years um, in, uh, sorry, 28 to 29 years. Um, in 2030, it's expected to be approximately 31 years of median age, whereas you compare it with the United States and China, the median age is 40 and 42. Now, if you have a, a median age of 28 and 30, that means a lot of people are um, like millennials and generation Z and, um, we have seen in, uh, in the US uh, the behavior of uh, those generation of people uh, compared to the older population, right? So that's where the shift is happening in India and the, the growth is uh, going to be propelled by like uh, the urbanization and the favorable demographics and the innovation uh, that's going to happen in India. And along with that, there's the evolving consumer attitudes uh, towards uh, the new and evolving technologies. Um, so I'm going to talk about the digitalization in India, but before talking about the digitalization, I need to uh, give uh, idea about uh, local Kirana mom and pop stores. So growing up in 
India in a tier two city. Um, this was the sort of uh, stores that I used to visit if I wanted to buy a bag of chips or, or buy any uh, items that I needed for day-to-day -day, uh, use. So any sort of grocery shopping or any sort of uh, utility, like any sort of consumables that I used to buy, I used to buy from uh, the Kirana stores. And these Kirana stores still exist in India. And uh, if we look at the numbers, right, the Kirana pie, there are approximately 12 million such Kirana stores in India, which means that still 90% of the retail market is unorganized. And uh, we have 1 trillion is what the approximate size of the Indian market. But what we are seeing is because of this Kirana stores, they are like the local mom and pop stores, they don't have the infrastructure and they predominantly operate uh, using cash. So what's happening right now is there are companies who are enabling these Kirana stores to go digital, to take payments and, uh, and allowing them to pr uh, process payments using uh, the apps like Paytm or PhonePay or using credit cards, right? So BharatPay is, is the pioneer in unified payment interface, which is um, a, a standard by the Indian government. Um, so that's the payment solutions part. And they also do digital money lending, um, uh, which is exclusively for merchants. So as you can see, uh, it says BharatPay lagao danda badao. So that means you install BharatPay and you increase your business. That's what it means when they say BharatPay lagao danda badao. And they are accepting, they are enabling these Kirana stores to go uh, digital by accepting the payments from any app. And uh, they are enabling them to take the loans um, from, uh, from BharatPay, right? And then they are also giving them these uh, zero fee card machines with zero transaction charges and no rentals. And uh, they, they are capable of uh, printing out the receipts, right? Um, uh, Talking about the major fintech players, um, if I talk about the big ones, the PTM is the is the biggest one in India, and they were the beneficiary of demonetization in India, which happened in uh, 2016. And uh, back in 2016, the Indian Prime Minister announced that um, in like they were going to uh, make the 500 rupee notes and the 1000 rupee notes null and void. Uh, overnight and uh, people were lining up to uh, take out money in ATMs and Paytm was um, there at that point of time and it, it was the biggest beneficiary because now people started transacting using um, the, the phones and Paytm uh, doing transactions. Uh, PhonePay is another big one, uh, FinTech uh, player, uh, Google Pay is, is also there. Uh, we have uh, Amazon Pay, uh, Geo Money, uh, Beam uh, UPI, and uh, Mobiquit. Um, so, talking about the growth avenues, right? So, because everything is moving from Kirana stores, India is getting uh, into like the fintech. Um, I would want to start with the e-commerce, which is one of my biggest uh, thoughts on on growth in India. 
Um, but let me back off and, and talk about how um, the, the global uh, trajectory, and it has been so predictable in, in different parts of the world. So what happens when, um, uh, when the e-commerce gets started? So we have seen that uh, trajectory in three different stages. So the first one is the cautious early adoption stage, where there's a less than 10% of shopper penetration. The second stage is the massification stage where you see uh, a kind of increase in uh, shopper penetration. The prices are down, there's so many discounts, and then you will see a lot of investments flowing in, um, in the businesses which operate in that space. And the third stage is where uh, the, the stickiness of the business, so people, uh, it becomes a way of life for people to, to make, um, to kind of leverage the, the e-commerce. And, and that's what we saw in the United States. That's what we saw in the China. So let's look at the China story and then we'll compare it with the Indian story. So the China story, if we look um, back in 2007 to 2020 right now, uh, the cautious early adoption stage, um, if I were to put it, um, it started approximately from 2007 to 2010, where we see that uh, the online shopper penetration is almost like 8% with annual purchase frequency per shopper approximately 20. And uh, the gross merchandise volume in billions is approximately like $60 billion. Um, so that was the cautious early adoption stage in China from 2007 to somewhere in the middle of 2010. And from that stage, uh, from 2010 to 2016, uh, we saw a massification stage where the online shopper penetration went from eight to 30 uh, percent. Um, and uh, there were a lot of investments by these big companies, Alibaba, JD.com, um, to build their logistics capabilities, improving the customer experience. And uh, we see that like that, trajectory kind of went from almost like $60 billion to around $600 billion uh, on the gross merchandise volume uh, in, in billions. Um, and uh, after that, we see that from 2016-ish or so to 2020, we are seeing from $600 uh, billion go up to like $1,200 billion. And uh, the online shopper penetration increased to say 45% uh, compared to the 30% uh, before the start of that stage. So when I look at the India story, right, I see that India is trailing China by seven years in internet users. So China was there um, at like 41% internet users, um, like 41% of the population of China was using the internet in 2012. And we are seeing the same thing in 2019. Um, that's a gap of uh, seven years. Um, and then the, the a number of uh, shoppers, right? So the percentage of the population who is shopping online uh, in 2012, 18% in China um, in 2012 and 11% in 2019 uh, in India. So approximately eight years gap uh, there too. Uh, you can see U.S. is way far ahead of uh, these players, but um, right now uh, these charts look promising for India at this point compared to any other country here. Um, so 
if we see the Indian e-commerce market, right? So there has been significant investments made by a lot of companies in India between uh, 2018 and 2020. And uh, the expectation is that there will be approximately 300 to 350 million shoppers uh, and 100 to 120 billion in gross merchandise value by 2025. Uh, if we see the online retail penetration, um, we will see that there's almost around 3.4% uh, retail penetration uh, right now. Uh, India uh, with the CAGR of 36%, right? Uh, if we see uh, the two countries listed here, Thailand and Malaysia, where there's very little online retail penetration, 2% and 3%, um, we see that there's a company called C Limited that we all talk about. Um, and uh, that is kind of making inroads in, in those countries. But what about um, India? Because India is growing at a rate of say 36% here. And uh, we'll talk about the players um, who are uh, in this market. So uh, if I talk about the e-commerce place in India, uh, two leaders in the space which are building the ecosystems. Uh, the first one is the Walmart Flipkart. Uh, Walmart Flipkart is, um, is the combined entity. Flipkart was the one which was uh, was the first uh, e-commerce platform in India. And then Walmart came in 2018 and uh, bought around 77% of the stake in Flipkart for um, almost $16 billion in 2018. Uh, currently, uh, Walmart Flipkart, they are um, owning approximately like 30% market share um, in the Indian market. And they are building the ecosystem which ranges from logistics to commerce marketplace to, and, and they have partnerships built with say Hotstar, uh, which is owned by Disney. Um, and then on the audio side, they have Ghana and they have like various different things for OTA. Um, Make My Trip is one company that a lot of people from the US know about um, and then they are also having repair services and other consumer services like uh, Vedantu um, and Practo and CureFit. Like Vedantu is something very similar to like online tutoring and uh, Practo is into like say healthcare. CureFit is uh, like um, what I would say fitness. And on the financial side, they have the phone pay, which is uh, the same thing as Paytm. And they have uh, like partnerships with Axis Bank, HDFC Bank, ICICI, and other uh, financial services uh, in, in India. And they have the loyalty program, which is the Flipkart Plus program. Uh, the second biggest player is Amazon. And uh, we all know about this company and uh, it also has made a lot of investments in India and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos uh, visited India last year and uh, he uh, invested a billion dollars in the Indian market for the next five years to enable the small and, small and medium enterprises to come and uh, have their uh, businesses set up on Amazon and leverage that platform to reach a lot of users across uh, India, which they were previously not able to uh, reach. So with Amazon, again, they are also having approximately 30% market share and they have their logistics commerce marketplace, which 
like all these businesses are very well known to people in the United States, but these are some some of the businesses that they uh, either acquired or had partnerships with uh, Shopperstop, uh, more future retail, and uh, they are also having their standard um, like analytics cloud, financial services platform, and Echo is is one which is uh, insurer insure insurance platform, and they have the loyalty program as Amazon Prime. So, so this is the ecosystem for two of the biggest players. Now, I'm not going to talk about these two players. What I'm going to talk about is uh, Reliance Industries and its uh, Geo platforms, which is uh, one of my pure play pick for the next decade. Uh, to begin, uh, Reliance Industries, I'm going to give some history uh, of this company and uh, where it started and where it is right now. So. It was founded in 1960s by a visionary called Dhirubhai Ambani. And, uh, and he started this company and uh, the company IPO'd in 1977. Uh, as you know, like cricket is a big thing in India and these guys did their meetings by, uh, by holding them in big cricket stadiums. Uh, this is a picture from one of their meetings. Um, and uh, what happened after that is Dhirubhai Ambani, he passed away in 2002. Uh, and after 2002, when he passed away, he did not have a will. So what happened was there were some issues between these two brothers. So he had he has two, two sons, uh, Anil Ambani and Mukesh Ambani. And they had been running that company until that point of time. And they ran into some issues. And then what happened, they kind of, their mother brokered that deal and the company got split in 2005. And at that point of time, the market cap of Reliance Industries was $15 billion. So Reliance Industries and Reliance Anil Dhirubhai Ambani Group were the two companies that formed out of this split from Reliance Industries where Mukesh Ambani got, like, got the assets, like the oil assets, which is the Reliance Industries and IPCL. Whereas Reliance Anil Dhirubhai Ambani Group, he got into telecom, which is Reliance Communication. That's the primary asset that he had. And then Reliance Energy and Reliance Capital. Uh, so moving fast forward 2010, uh, Reliance uh, got the, bought a company called Infotel, which had the rights to a lot of bands uh, in government run spectrum auctions and that helped them come up with uh, geo which kind of launched in 2016 and um, and then in 2016 once geo launched uh, 2018 reliance communication that ran out of business so in 2020 as it stands right now reliance industries group market cap of 186 billion dollars Reliance Anil Dhirubhai Ambani Group, market cap of $240 million. This is a million dollars, like not even a billion dollar company compared to uh, his brother, uh, which is um, the Reliance Industries Group, Mukesh Ambani. Uh, so the businesses that Reliance Industries is in is polymers, chemicals, polyesters, petroleum, textiles, retail, in-store brands, and they have partnerships with a lot of other brands. But we are not going to talk about any of these businesses. They have their hands in almost 
every sector that you can name. Uh, because of the COVID, uh, people were locked down in their homes and uh, because the oil prices, they went down. Uh, right now, what we see is geo uh, is the same value as all the other businesses combined uh, in the reliance industries. So now what's the geo, geo platform? Uh, the geo platforms uh, giving a story about, again, the geo platforms in, in Q3 2016 is when geo platforms was launched. They had almost 100 million subscribers in the first six months at launch, and that was like very, very popular. Uh, they started providing uh, internet services to the, the users. They, they enabled each and every person in India to, to be uh, internet enabled. Now, if we look at the plans that they have, they give internet services to, um, to the Indian people, like 249 rupees uh, for a data plan for two gigabytes per day, right? So $249 would be something around $4 per month for getting uh, two gigabytes of internet data per day. Uh, and coming to 2020 here, uh, we are looking at approximately 400 million subscribers right now in, on the geo platforms. And uh, this is a quote from Mukesh Ambani. He says that in this new world, data is the new oil and the data is the new wealth. And if we flip the logo for geo, you can see that oil and now it is geo, which I found very interesting. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know about this uh, at all. And uh, this was, um, I, I'm sure that a lot of people would not know about this too. Um, so we have seen some serious money flowing in these geo platforms. Uh, there was a lot of buzz when Facebook uh, started, uh, Facebook invested a lot of money in geo and then all these other uh, companies uh, had their investments within like April, between April 2020 and July 2020, that's after COVID all these companies in total, $21.5 billion. That's an insane amount of money raised within a very short period of time by any company in the world. Um, and uh, and these, are, these are the folks, uh, like they are banking on India to be their next growth story. Uh, if we look at the geo platform in, in, in total, these are some of the services which geo has to offer. Uh, the geo connected intelligence is their telecommunications. Uh, geo TV is where they are aggregating all the video content across OTT apps. So you have Amazon Prime, you have Netflix, you have Hotstar, you have uh, your Z5, you have uh, other services like Sony Live, and what they are trying to do is they are providing these setup boxes to all the consumers in India, and uh, they are kind of aggregating all the content under one platform and uh, enabling um, the, the media part. Uh, you have the cross-device marketing technology platform. This is very, very nascent, but it's very similar to what Trade Desk did uh, in, in, in the United States. You have the Geo Health Hub, uh, and they are also making inroads in like uh, what Teladoc and Livongo did uh, in in the United States. You have Geo Cloud Store, which is very similar to Dropbox. Um, 
they have partnerships with Microsoft uh, and Azure to leverage their uh, their capabilities um, in 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 India. And uh, you have GeoMoney, which is the same payments platform, and uh, you have the GeoMeet, which is similar to Zoom. And I installed this app on my phone, and I could not make out the difference between Zoom and GeoMeet. It's almost an exact copy of what uh, Zoom is. And the GeoMart is the, the e-retail uh, part of um, the e-commerce part of uh, Geo. And they are coming up with a lot of things like GeoGlass, where I, I saw a couple of months back uh, where they were talking about AR and VR, the same type of glasses that Snap has come up with. And you see there's a lot of other things uh, as well. I'm not going to talk about everything here, but this just gives an idea about how many things Geo is building. So ultimately, if there's something in, in India that you need to interact with, you are most likely uh, going to use the Geo platforms. Uh, and uh, this is their ecosystem, uh, which is under the Reliance group. And you can see the, the ecosystem is what they are building is is pretty impressive like the logistics part the commerce marketplace the entertainment the social uh, they are also integrating this whatsapp uh, with uh, the geomart um, and also enabling the kirana stores uh, integrating them with whatsapp also uh, what they have done is um, kirana stores they are rebuilding those kirana stores bringing them into their ecosystem so what they, they said was, give us 48 hours, we will remodel your entire Kirana stores. We will not have any impact to your existing business for those 48 hours. And we will make, make sure that we manage your inventory. We, we help you in, in doing any sort of inventory management because what happened during COVID was uh, a lot of uh, this Kirana stores ran out of supply because uh, the, they could not get the goods from their suppliers. But if they were integrated in the Reliance ecosystem, it is much more easier for these Kirana stores to get the supplies from Reliance. And Reliance has their data as well that what is getting, what the consumer is needing at a very, very ground level. Uh, they have a lot of services uh, as well, like the Geo Health Hub. They have the GeoCloud, the financial services, GeoMoney, and the loyalty program like the GeoPrime. Uh, the, the other question is like, how can I invest in it? Like this seems to be very impressive, but how can I invest in it? That would be the, the biggest question. Uh, Reliance Industries is not listed on New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. Um, you can see the, the graph, it, there's just one direction and, and you can see in, in the past year or so, this company has, has grown parabolic uh, here, but even for long-term, if you see like it's just from the bottom left to the top right. Uh, and um, talking about Geo specifically, it's not a publicly traded company in India. so. Even if any person from India wanted to buy in, they just have to invest in Reliance Industries. And disclaimer, like my family owns uh, stock in Reliance Industries in India. So, uh, but Geo is going to be public. Like there have been talks of them going to public. I'm not sure when, but I'm expecting them to be going public in, in the next couple of years, uh, hopefully. Um, but for the US investors, the, the best 
way to invest would be to buy uh, these ETFs, uh, which have a very high weightage on Reliance Industries. These were the two which I found, uh, which is the Invesco India ETF, which is um, PIN, ticker symbol PIN, and uh, iShares India 50 ETF, which is uh, Indy. Uh, Reliance Industries uh, portfolio weightage for Indy is 14%, whereas for PIN it is 11.6%. And uh, that concludes my presentation. And uh, we can discuss about any questions that you may have. Duval, that's 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 just fantastic. Thanks so much for for taking us through that. So, how much of Reliance Industries now is is made up by Geo. So Geo is still a very small part of it, but it's it's growing rapidly and the new money is flowing in Geo. Right, absolutely. And so like you you showed all those companies making investments in it. I remember I think Facebook kicked that off like a few yeah. months ago with like a ten billion dollar investment. And the next thing you know, it was like all the other American tech companies were just throwing billions of dollars at it. I mean it's essentially like it's essentially provides the, the cheapest data service in the world, right? I mean, like you said, how much does that come out to American dollars per month? Like four, four books. Yeah, yeah that's, that's insane. And for, for two gigabytes of data a day. And does that come with access to all those platforms that you were talking about, like GeoMeet, or are those extra add-ons? So GeoMeet is available on the Play Store, so you can just download and, and you can install in US as well. It's not necessary to be uh, just installing from India. You can install from worldwide. Deval, I hope you don't mind that I have uh, 88 questions prepared for you here. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'll, I'll summarize with two. Your, your presentation was fantastic. I wanted to ask about the Karana stores that are being retrofitted. Uh, you said that, you know, Geo is going in and just saying, hey, we'll, we'll set you up for digital payments. And it definitely seems like that's interesting. But you've also got those international companies, right? Google's interested in doing that. Apple's doing or uh, Amazon's interested in doing that. When those Karana stores are retrofit, does that lock them into using one digital payments provider or can they accept five or six or seven different types of digital payments at those stores? So this is just to enable the Kirana stores to get access to uh, the entire infrastructure, the digital infrastructure, but they can uh, accept Paytm, they can accept phone pay, they can accept any form of payments, they can accept any credit cards. Uh, but it the data is um, uh, utilized by Geo to uh, make the decision. So this is a win-win for everyone who is in this ecosystem. Yeah, that's perfect. It sounds a lot like you know you've got Visa and Mastercard and Discover in the United States to choose your payment your payment method. Um, the other question I wanted to ask was role of government in all of this. There's a ton of money on on the table there for those telecom companies. Does the government seem to protect Indian companies to develop this space and uh, put restrictions on foreign companies? Or is it the opposite, where they're actually taxing the Indian companies more because that's a source of tax revenue for them? Um, I would say Indian, uh, Indian government is right now, they have a campaign called Make in India. So, uh, so they are kind of uh, having everyone uh, they are pushing for everything that is made in India. And uh, obviously, Indian companies tend to benefit the most out of out of this. Uh, and Reliance, again, 
the owner, uh, the uh, Mukesh Ambani, he is a very influential figure in India. And, uh, and, and that is one more reason why I think uh, Reliance stands to be the biggest beneficiary of all of this. Right. And, and on top of that too, Deval, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like all, all the American internet companies wanted to get into India, right? Because of its huge population, it's young, it's a growing economy. And the India government kind of like temporarily kind of put like stopped that a little bit because they wanted an Indian company to be, to be the gateway to the internet, right? In India. Yeah. So it's almost like, Geo really is the gateway to the internet in India. And so that's why all these American tech companies are coming in and investing in Geo. It's kind of like their quote unquote tax to get access to the Indian market. I mean, is that, you think, is that fairly accurate to say? Yes, yes that is absolutely accurate. And these companies were not able to go into China uh, right. for, for that reason. And, and now they are able to invest in India and, and they see the growth. They could have done the same thing in China and, and grow, grew from there. They could not do it uh, because of the government uh, intervention. But in India, they have that uh, possibility and that's what they are doing. Right. And so, I mean, if anything, the Indian government is going to support GEO so they can, so an Indian company will remain like that in that top spot in, you know, India's digital ecosystem. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I know I asked like how much of Reliance Industries is made up by Geo, but after all this foreign investment, like how much does Reliance still own of Geo? Like what, do you know what its stake is now after all these money has poured in from uh, American tech companies? I think uh, as far as I know, uh, it was almost like a 45% stake. Okay. Deval, what do you think about the Prime concept in India? You know, you talked about e-commerce. You know, it, obviously Amazon Prime is huge here in the U.S. That two-day shipping, right. we depend on that. Is is India there yet? Do they have the logistics and the infrastructure and consumers? Do they even want something where you would pay a set amount per per year for for fast shipping? Yes. So so again, with Amazon, you have Amazon Prime in India. They will charge you a thousand rupees uh, for um, per year. Um, in order to get the Amazon Prime. That's the number which I, I kind of remember on the top of my head, which comes down to around um, $12, $13 per year. Um, and uh, Flipkart has a similar service called Flipkart Plus, and Geo also has Geo Prime. So um, Geo Prime is, is not exactly the same thing uh, because they are still building that, but Flipkart Plus and Amazon Prime are, are the same uh, in, in the same league and Indian consumers are, are paying for it. Now for Amazon Prime right now, what I like, I, I talked to a lot of people in India and what they said was they are using Amazon Prime primarily for the video content, not for the, the two-day delivery at this point. Right, because the content they are they are like they are shoving out in India has been like phenomenal, um, along with Netflix. So, so that was one reason that they were buying like uh, the Prime uh, subscriptions. But again, yeah, uh, that comes from the tier two and tier three cities. Tier one cities, again, they would be having the beneficiary, like they would be the beneficiary of the entire ecosystem. Uh, 
the the two day shipping and 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 the the benefits of these two day shippings uh, one day shipping if that will be there the tier one cities would be getting the first and they would be the biggest beneficiaries and then it kind of trickles down to the smaller cities uh well deval thank you so much for joining us today really uh just we're blown away by this conversation and this presentation thank you absolutely it was my pleasure yeah, and once again, we'll put up Deval uh, Deval Kotecha's uh, presentation. You know, for everyone to see, we'll put it up on YouTube as well. Some fantastic slides he prepared here as we continue to learn about India this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Again, we are Seven Investing. We are here to empower you to invest in your future. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. And before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult with a financial or tax professional.